0: Today's episode of One Shiny Podcast is brought to you by HotelTonight.com. Here's a little insider's travel secret for our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible deals. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell these rooms, and they pass those savings all along to you, Tate. You get those savings. Not like last resort places, they work with cool, top-rated hotels where you actually want to stay. And even though they're named Hotel Tonight, you can actually book up to 100 days in advance in top destinations, and up to a week in advance everywhere else. So if you want to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, download the Hotel Tonight app now. It takes the time out! Welcome to one of 30 or so five-star podcasts on the Ringer Podcast Network. We have five-stars today. We are a five-star podcast. Um, I didn't think about that as I was doing my rant earlier, last week, talking about how there are too many five-stars. You and I currently have five-stars. Thank you to everyone who listens and uh, and dishes out those five-star reviews on iTunes. It means a lot to us. We are trying to become the Duke of the podcasting world, where people are just dropping five-stars on our on our on our doorstep, and we don't know what to do with them, Tate. Yeah, we Um, get ranked
1: preseason number one, we get a lot of hype surrounding us, and then when it comes down to the pivotal moments where we really need to step up and prove that we're the best, sometimes we let you down. But uh, we'll do our best not to, uh, to to do that. You know, we don't want to be Duke basketball in that sense, but five stars, we appreciate it. The reviews, we appreciate it. We addressed this one time, we actually we, we were bagmen uh, not too long ago. It was probably about a month ago. There were some negative reviews coming in, flooding our feeds, and uh, we asked yeah. politely <laughs> and we dropped the bag for you guys, and you guys responded accordingly. So we, re- we really appreciate that. that well, that's all it's about. It, it's it's it, with the listeners and getting feedback and making it happen. So thanks for that, guys. We,
0: we, basically, we basically just asked the award Winning listeners of part of my take to stop spamming us and <laughs> giving us one stars because, yes, they have your the podcast. F- yeah, I, I'm, I go on their podcast all the time, and these idiots would they, they started, yeah, th- their fan base is militarized to where, like, if anybody does anything, and I and yeah, I tweeted something to those to, to PFT and Big Cat, and I was like, hey, we're number one because as you and I both know, Tate, because the algorithm put us at number one. <laughs> Thank you, um, algorithm. So I, we took the screenshot, and I was like doing a little playful taunting, and then the, the award-winning listeners uh, decided to give us one-star reviews, and then we com- cried about it. And here we are. We're back. We got five stars. Um, I want to start out by saying this, Tate. If I sound a little different, mm. um, it's be- if the acoustics are a little off, people listening, maybe in your car, you're like, hmm, some, something's weird. What's going on? What aren't they telling us? I'm going to tell you right now what it is. I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana, Tate. I am mm. not I I was born and raised in Indianapolis. Uh I have lived my adult life in Columbus, Ohio. That's usually where I podcast from when you and I talk, but today I am in Indianapolis and you might be asking yourself why? What what takes time? What's going on in this man's life? Why is he on the road? Last week he's talking about working out again. He's talking about maybe making a comeback. Now he's going on the road to Indianapolis. I don't know, Tate. I'm just going to I'm just going to go ahead and not answer those questions, but uh just thought I would uh, bring that up that I am in Indianapolis and Is this uh, I'm now the mark, again, so. Is this the
1: Mark Titus mystery? Are we going to have to start yeah, this? Is that, We're going to have to figure this
0: thing you out. You see where I'm You see where I'm taking this Tate that there's a, to there's a conspiracy to, to be formed. Yeah. So, um anyway, yeah, I'm in Indy so this is this is exciting. It I feels I feels like I'm playing a road game here, you know? Like I'm in a little different environment. I got to... We'll see if I bring my A game. We'll see how this goes. But, do you feel um, more connected? To the, you
1: to- do you feel more connected to the pulse of college basketball being in Indianapolis, being in Indiana? I actually right do. Now? Good. I'm glad. I can
0: feel like I, if I close my eyes and it gets really quiet, I can I can feel Romeo Langford's heart beating down in New Albany. I can feel I can feel a little bit closer to it, and like I feel like he and I are about to sink our heartbeats, and I'm I'm going to like telepathically tell him, Romeo, go die, go you to, to Romeo, Romeo, <laughs> I, I Indiana, we need you. Yeah, so I thought it was just good. Bob Knight
1: telling Romeo Linkford that he's garbage and he should have never come to
0: Indiana. <laughs> no, no, Tate, no. Hey, I'm excited. You, uh Super Bowl's over. Yes. NFL is over. you yes. d- Are you done with GM Street now for the year? Are you finally? The people want to know. Are you finally going to start watching college basketball this season?
1: the The truth of the matter is, I have had <laughs> to watch both, unfortunately, and it's driving me crazy. And no one wants to talk to me anymore because I, all I can talk about is the NFL or college basketball, and if, if I talk about anything else, my brain just explodes at this point. But, yeah, the NFL happened. The Super Bowl happened. It, uh, it the, the Eagles <laughs> the Eagles got the win. Philadelphia, did you see – I mean, we don't want to talk about this too much, but did you just see no. the reaction of a city uh, for Philadelphia? I mean, I've never seen people behave in such a manner. And I've always had a respect for Philadelphia and, and what they could do as far as partying. And, and uh, you know, Sunny in Philadelphia is one of my favorite shows. I remember the real world when it was in Philadelphia, you know, with the Philadelphia Soul and Bon Jovi. And, you know, there's all these moments in Philadelphia. And then everything that I had in my head prior has been tainted by the fact that I watched a guy eat a piece of horse (laughs) to celebrate the Super Bowl. (laughs) And and I cannot believe that that happened. I can't believe not only did it happen, that people wanted him to do it and then they wanted to post it online forever. And uh, now I've never seen a bunch of winners eat pieces of (laughs) but uh, I learned that that can happen this weekend in Philadelphia. So that's all I really can say about the Super Bowl.
0: Listen, Cleveland did it first, by the way. After the Cavs parade, the guy picked it up, and I didn't actually watch the video. I watched like the start of the Philadelphia one, and then I realized. Why am I doing this? Why am I? Why am I gonna watch this? So I decided to pause it. But the 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 Cleveland one, the guy like picks the turd up with his hand and eats it like an apple. Is that what happened? <laughs> this one, the Philly one looked like a guy bent over. Yeah, the guy went down to memory.
1: this one. He didn't even bring yeah. it up to his mouth. I yeah. mean, it, which shows like a the, little bit more class, you know? Like picking it up and just eating it Cleveland, seems like you've done it before. I didn't know Cleveland did that. I don't watch parades in yeah. Cleveland because I can only imagine the debauchery that goes on. But oh my
0: god, dude, uh, the Cleveland guy. It, he looked like Stone Cold catching two beers. Like he, he grabs it, and then it looked like he cracked it open and was just like biting into it. Like It looked like it looked like he was eating an apple, for real, the Cleveland one. Um, so my, my one Super Bowl thought is that I just want to give a shout. We're going to give shout-outs at the end of the pod like we always do, but I'm going to go ahead and do one at the beginning, and then we're going to get to good guy, bad guy, everybody. Uh, but um, I want to give a shout-out to Nick Foles for winning the Super Bowl MVP. That's cool, whatever. But in all the post-game interviews I saw, which was – let's be honest, like the first hour after the game. And then I turned the TV off and went to bed and said, I'm not going to give fo- football another thought until mm-hmm. next season. But I saw him mention like his basketball career a couple times. And it, it's, it felt like the way he was doing it, it, it felt like it was a pointed reason. He was kept bringing it up. And I, I don't know what the angle was with this, but I just wanted to give him some love for like, it, it, it was his way of like telling America's like, Hey, I'm not just a ba- I'm not just a quarterback. I play hoops too. I'm a basketball guy because he he was talking about like the trick play I think on NBC's studio uh, after after the game after all like the celebration, he was talking about the trick play and he was like yeah I played tight end in high school, but I also played basketball so I think like some of the basketball thing came in and helped me there it was like I went up and was grabbing a rebound and he kept like talking about how he played basketball and he didn't need to do that so thank you Nick Foles for basically saying like. I'm a basketball player. I just stepped in and I won the Super Bowl. I, I, I I'm not even really that good at football, and I I was a basketball guy, and I just I dominated football. So it's um, actually I genius
1: if you think about I it, did. because he 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 basically downplays the whole situation. He's like, this should have never worked out for me. I was the backup quarterback. Yeah. I'm a better basketball player than I am at football, and I still have reached the highest pinnacle of the sport. So sorry guys. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the rest of you, but you know, I figured yeah. this whole thing out. Also, Alshon Jeffrey. I saw someone was asked, uh, you you mentioned the Nick Foles thing, so I went back and watched some of the other interviews leading into the actual Super Bowl, and they asked Alshon Jeffrey, uh, former South Carolina wide receiver, uh, about Nick Foles' basketball ability, and he said he was confident, and Mm -hmm. I quote, confident that he would beat Nick Foles in basketball. I know Nick Foles was at Arizona, and he played pickup with uh, the 2010 team, the Derrick Williams team, um, and was Mm -hmm. apparently really good, but I don't know. I still take Alshon Jeffrey. I'm sorry, Nick Foles.
0: Yeah. But I love I love the way they frame this though. If it sounds like people are talking about it, like, what if you guys played real sports? And that's why I like it. As a <laughs> it's basketball like talking guy, to a golfer like because they like, like,
1: he can shoot a jump shot. It's like, oh, that's pretty impressive. Right. It's, Keegan Bradley like, can shoot. It's like, hey,
0: Nick Nick Foles, congratulations on winning the Super Bowl and winning MVP. But let's talk about like, are you a real athlete though? Like, can you play bat? Like, can you play like real sports or is it just this football thing? So I like that as a as a basketball snob. That was awesome. I enjoyed that part of it. So. um Anyway, enough with the football. Enough with the let's talk about the round ball. Let's talk about the good guys, the bad guys, the Kyle guys. Mm. Um, let's Our let's guys. get into it, Tate. Our guys. Uh let's start with the good guy of the week. Um, I'm gonna go first this time. I wanna start I'm Please. gonna I'm to say my good guy first. Uh it's Bill Self. Uh and it's not just that Kansas lost at home. They've now lost I think three. Have they lost three in Fog Island? They lost to Arizona yes, State, three Texas times. Tech. Yeah, and now Oklahoma State, and then they lost uh, in Kansas City to, which was considered a home game, like on the resume, um, even though it was in Kansas City in the the Sprint Center, which, as as you pointed out, wasn't even the same state as Kansas. It's in Missouri. Uh, <laughs> Thank but you. But they consider that a home game, so he's, he's technically lost four home games this year, three in Allen Fieldhouse. But it's not about it's not about the loss itself, Tate. It's about Bill Self losing to his alma mater yet again, and this this feels like. A tradition, it, it to me, I, I it feels like it happens every year that he loses in Stillwater to Oklahoma State. Where for those of you who don't know, Bill Self played basketball at Oklahoma State back in the '80s. Um He's an Oklahoma guy. He just he coached at Tulsa before going to Illinois, Um but it, it feels like he loses every year. And then he lost at home this year. And I got to thinking, like, is this just something I put in my head where I, I make up this fake? scenario of Bill Self always dropping games to his alma mater on purpose because let's be honest, like Oklahoma State has a good basketball program. They've, they've gone to the, they had the two national titles back in like the 40s or whatever. Uh, they went to the final four and oh four with uh, Lucas at point, the John point Lucas, guard. John um, Lucas, yes, of had, course. Yeah, they've had, they've had good teams. They had Eddie Sutton. They have Doug Gottlieb. Everybody loves Doug Gottlieb, right? Everybody
1: um, loves Jamison Curry too. I mean, the greatest Jameson capitalization Curry, of the O like, of all time.
0: Right. They have they have a great, they have not say great, they have a good program, but like Kansas should not be losing to Oklahoma State this much. So I started thinking, like, is this an actual thing? Am I making this up in my head? I'm definitely not making it up. Bill Self has now lost Tate in nine different seasons since he's been to Kansas, and he got to Kansas in what? Like 04? So this would be this is his 15th year, is it? Yeah. So nine nine out of fifteen years. He has lost to Oklahoma State at least once in that in a season. Nine out of fifteen years. And think about like some of the teams Kansas had. Like he's had years where he's lost three total games. He's won a national championship. He's had like that's Kansas' mo as they steamroll everybody in the Big Twelve and then they lose in the Elite Eight. That's what that's the jokes that you make about Kansas is they only lose like two games a year. And as it turns out, one of them always is to Oklahoma State. So Bill Self, very good guy, move to throw the throw the alma mater a bone. Um, he did it yet again. Five of the last six years, he has lost to Oklahoma State, either at home or away. And he just kept the streak alive. So, very good guy move, Tate.
1: Very good guy, move and it, it makes sense. We have a bunch of these coaches that have these weird affinities for their former schools or their attachments that they have to those schools. I mean, I'm sure if Calipari played UNCW, he'd have some problems. Uh, I know, I know, Roy <laughs> play Williams, right? <laughs> yeah, Glarion, he'd have some problems. Roy always has problems with Kansas, so it is fitting that Bill Self has right. problems with Oklahoma State. So it's like a trickle down effect, I guess. Uh, my big thing, my big takeaway from this situation with with Kansas losing at home so much, this is great for Scott Drew. Because Scott Drew right now has lost more mm. in Allen Fieldhouse than Bill Self has. So Ooh. if, if Bill true. Self continues on this trajectory, then Scott Drew will get away from that and continue to have the chance to be an elite coach. We hope. We no, can I only think hope.
0: I think, he, I think he passed him now, right? I think Bill Self has now lost more than Scott Drew in yeah. Allen Fieldhouse. Is it, is it official? Yeah. Yes. I think it's Congratulations, official. Congratulations, yeah, Scott because yeah, I, I, I think it happened like the Arizona State game was the clincher or something. But, but I think Baylor still has to go to Kansas this year. Oh, so I'm we right? have a chance. I, I have, I've lost track... I've lost track of Baylor the, so far this season, but yeah, the Scott Drew, yeah, for the longest time. For those not in the know, the joke was like Scott Drew has lost more games in Allen Fieldhouse than Bill Self has, and Scott Drew only plays in Allen Fieldhouse once a year, and Bill Self plays in there all the time. But uh, yeah, not anymore. So, Bill Self, very good guy, throwing the alma mater a free win every year. Uh, I I'll be honest, I'd probably do the same thing, Tate, if I was coaching. When I get my head job here in the next few years, uh, you and I are going to campaign. We're going to use that's what again. This podcast is for. That's the only reason we have the pod is because we're trying to campaign to get a job somewhere. Mm-hmm. When it happens, I, I have a feeling you and I are gonna uh, are gonna drop games to to Carolina and Ohio State like crazy. And it's and and let's be honest, like if we do, if we get a job coaching like Valparaiso or something, and we lose Ohio State, it's it's going to be because. We were just being nice to them. It's not going to be because they are better than us. We could totally kick their ass. So, <laughs> And
1: we're anyway. just happy after the game. We're just <laughs> smiling. You know, we're, all, all things <laughs> yeah. are okay. It was like our, our kids just didn't show up today, but I'm proud of those guys in the other locker room. It's a class program over there. Yeah, bad matchup. You know, we just didn't make shots bad today. Matchup. That's the whole didn't point. Didn't make
0: shots. <laughs> uh, who's, your, who's your good guy of the week?
1: I had a lot of time and a lot, a lot of struggles with uh, figuring out who my good guy of the week was. You were calling me unprepared. <laughs>
0: Dude, what the fuck is wrong? Like, we we literally, this is the only segment we do. This is like, you have, <laughs> you have one job on this podcast,
1: Date. <laughs> I would say that I was just indecisive and in trying to really, you know, hone in on the fact of who deserves this, you know, uh, accomplishment for the season. And I've gone back and forth, and I've decided that it has to be the artist formerly known as Jason Williams, and not that Jason Williams, now Jay Williams on ESPN. And it, mm. it, it was because, it, he almost became a good guy because uh, of what I think may have happened here. But Jay Williams was on last night at halftime between the uh, Oklahoma-West Virginia game. And they go to the studio, you know, they're doing the same roundup where they're talking about all the big games this week, big matchups, promoting all all, all, all the games on the network, on ESPN, yada, yada. Uh, and they asked Jay Williams about Carolina Duke, which is Thursday night. People forget. Uh, first game of the season in Chapel Hill. Best rivalry in sports, as you know. Uh, and Jay Williams is asked about this game, a man that is a part of the rivalry. And he says, and I quote, It is the third most important game of the night, mark Titus this Ooh. is what this is what Jay Williams says. It's the third most important Ooh. game of the night, um, and he says he just really doesn't care about the two teams this year. They haven't really you know caught any storylines they, they, they're not really a part of the conversation and and America's not tuning in. This is what he says Ooh, and and this is Do you
0: take this as so my question to you is is he doing a Duke defector thing where he's like. <sighs> I don't want to be associated with Duke or is this uh, the opposite where he's, he's doing the, not a rivalry thing where he's like, I don't even honestly, like I played at Duke, but like, I never thought of Carolina as a rival because we we're just, we're above that. Duke is better than that. We don't really care that much. Or he would be, he would, would be sadly
1: mistaken if he were to say something as egregious as that. But regardless, he does say this. And we know that it's trying to be contrarian. We know that it's trying to be different. We know that it's trying to capture headlines You know, in college basketball. Jay Williams says, Carolina Duke, not that big of a deal. And sure, there are mm-hmm. times when Carolina won eight games in 2002 or 2003 when that may have been the case. But let me just tell this, Mark Titus. He was trying to say that your alma mater... Ohio State, Purdue, mm. is a bigger game than Duke, North Carolina on Thursday night. And this is, that's like saying that people care more about the AFC title game because it's Blake Bortles versus Tom Brady. Sure, there's more players that may capture the zeitgeist at the moment. Sure, it may matter more. You may want to watch it and talk about it more. But that doesn't mean it's more important than the Super Bowl matchup. That doesn't mean that. That, that, is a, that doesn't work like that, Jay Williams. You got Duke, so North Carolina. You got the defending national champions playing the most talented team in the country. If only the coach could get them to play together, maybe they could win like the most talented team in the country. That's something that we'll figure out this week. But for Jay Williams to say this and to be a part of it, it's the ultimate good guy move. And the good guy senses he's trying to be objective. He's trying to appeal to the mass audience. But you know what the mass audience likes? They like hate. They like rivalries, and they like people talking shit back and forth, and that's what he should be doing. He should be saying Carolina is terrible. They shouldn't be ranked. He should be doing anything than what he's doing, which is trying to downplay the fact that this is the most heated game in college basketball, and that's why he's my good guy of the week.
0: You seem you seem very insecure about Duke Carolina rivalry. You seem like the guy who uh, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago that people were talking about Kentucky Louisville past Carolina Duke. Um, is is Carolina Duke still the best rivalry? Hey in college Mark Titus, basketball? you tell me w- when
1: Carolina Duke plays at twelve o'clock on a Friday in December. You tell me when the matter <laughs> if it matters. That's when we'll figure it out. When ESPN stops making all their money off this game, we'll figure out if it really matters.
0: So my question, yeah, is is, is Ohio State Purdue a better rivalry than Carolina Duke? I mean, you have to look at the. I mean, you really have to crush said, the numbers. You said like Seth Greenberg. To, I mean,
1: Seth Greenberg was right there with him. He's like, "Yeah, you might be right, Jay." It's like, please. The please funniest stop part.
0: This. The funniest part is that uh, Jay Williams is not a company man. I mean, Duke Carolina is on ESPN. This is their big property. Um, I mean, Trey Young is their big property now. But uh, forever, it was like the two things that that ESPN had with college basketball was the Big East and Carolina Duke game. I mean, like, I, they play like one on CBS now, right? Like, is it the last one of the year they seem to play the Duke Carolina game on CBS? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I just associate ES, when you when you say ESPN college basketball to me, when I was growing up, it was like Big East games and Duke Carolina. Dickie V calling the Duke Carolina game, and now he's been moved off the Duke Carolina game, and it's very sad. But uh, yeah, so Jay Williams, not baby. even a company, not even a company man, because the Ohio State Purdue game is on Big Ten Network, which is not an ESPN company. Um, so I, I, I respect the objectivity I mean if we're being honest Titus shut the fuck up no you I'll don't that is
1: the most ridiculous thing <laughs> that you could ever say first of all you're on your own network that you're talking on right now that's giving you a platform to just say whatever the hell you want to you're a part of the rivalry so therefore you're inherently on yourself and you change your name from does Jason anybody, to Jay never forget this guy does, changed his name after college I, I can't stand it it, it infuriated
0: me does anybody I, care about? I mean, does here, my question, Tate? Does anybody honestly care, though? I mean, Carolina sucks. Duke <laughs> isn't really. I, we have Purdue is undefeated. They're one of the three best teams in the country. Oh. You have Ohio State, who is, I mean, what probably one of the f- top six or seven teams in the country, if we're being honest. I mean, like if you if you take away. Th- as we said before, if the you Carolina take away game, that game was lost to Carolina.
1: Of, yeah, on a neutral. Take court. Away the,
0: the loss to Carolina was yep. Carolina was hitting shots. The loss to Penn State was <laughs> Penn State was hitting shots. Clemson was a bad matchup. Father <laughs> Chris Holtman didn't want to. Butler Chris Holtman was scared to play against because it just it was too many feelings. That was a game of feelings. Mm. And then uh who else did we lose to Gonzaga? It was we were playing on the West Coast. At like the, the game tipped off at one thirty in the morning East Coast time in in freaking Portland. Of course we lost to Gonzaga. If you really think about it, Ohio State should be undefeated. <laughs> Purdue basically is undefeated. hasn't <laughs> lost a game in America. Um I'm with Jay on this one. Like I. I I have to be given a reason. Good luck buying the Big Ten Network and trying to
1: watch this game, everyone. Good luck. (laughs) I hope you can find it. Uh, Maybe you can find a nice stream online.
0: (laughs) Lest anyone, Tate, I got to, I got to clarify because all your friends get mad at me whenever I make fun of North Carolina. Tate's friends, I'm, I'm kidding. Calm down. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. It's a joke. We're joking. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Carolina Duke is always awesome. I'm, I'm very excited for the Carolina Duke game. I always have been. Into the Carolina Duke game, I was I was very much on the Carolina Duke side when the when the Kentucky stuff started popping up, when when Kentucky and Louisville had their run uh, a few years ago. So you're right, this is bad. That was a that's a bad move by Jay Williams. I
1: just don't know what like he's, he's doing. Williams. That's why he's a good guy because like he, he deserves that, to get that, fired the, for that.
0: You bring up a good point. Like I don't really understand uh, he's what what the purpose of doing. I, I guess maybe he's just being objective. Maybe that's really <laughs> it. Like maybe he truly <laughs> believes that the Ohio State. By the way like it pains me to say it I I sort of feel like Ohio State is plateaued a bit and they're not like the surprise anymore and people I mean we're still playing pretty well playing decently well um but I'm very very nervous about this Purdue game going on the road to Purdue like I don't know I I would I don't even really know what the spread is but I'm taking Purdue to cover and I'm that's me being objective like I'm v- I'm very nervous that this is going to be the wake up call and it's going to be like oh so Ohio State really isn't one of the top 10 teams or top 15, whatever we're ranked now. Uh, so but yeah, but you know. have to say that I, K- if I was a neutral D- fan, If I was a neutral fan, I would care very much more about uh, uh, Duke Carolina for sure. So
1: I'm not saying that Purdue-Ohio State is not a great game. It's just don't try to do that just to stir the pot. You know what I mean? That's the whole point. Like yeah. you're, you're just saying yeah. that to say that just because it's a controversial thing to say. And it's just not even in the realm. Like, I don't think Ohio State-Purdue wants you to say that. Like, that just puts them in a weird spot. They're like, hey, no. we're just playing over here, just having a great game. You know, we're, we're not trying to be a part of this conversation.
0: Purdue doesn't... No, I mean, we've talked about Purdue before, Purdue fans before. They want all the respect in the world. They want everyone to tell them how awesome they are, but at the same time to do it, like, secretly yes. because they don't want Purdue expectations to be... They, you it's know. the same way with Virginia. If, They're the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Virginia Virginia fans love Virginia fans love and hate that every game they play is on ACC Network, which drives me <laughs> nuts as well, by the way, is that like you can't watch Virginia play ever because they're never on real TV because no one wants to watch Virginia. And Virginia fans bitch about that, but then as soon as you start putting all their games on in primetime on ESPN, you got College Game Day there and all that shit, then they're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa. this is too much. This mm. is too much. We we've mm. overshot it." Rain it back in. Rain it in. Um all right, we'll, we'll talk about let's talk about the Duke Carolina game a little more later. Like I actually do want to talk to you about what what you expect coming, uh, other than just uh, ripping on Jay Williams. I actually do want to like do do a quick little preview whether you think Luke May is going to just roast Duke in the high post of that zone, etc. Uh, but in the meantime, we first have to get to the important stuff, the bad guys of the week. Mm. Um, my bad guy. I don't know if you saw the story. Your boy, uh, a guy you're a huge fan of, Rick Barnes. <laughs> head coach of Tennessee, uh, Tennessee self-reported a violation last Thursday because Barnes was apparently using his own salary out of his own pocket, his own money that he was being paid, and then funneling it off to one of his assistants who he felt like was being underpaid, which is sort of a good guy and a bad guy move at once. To mm-hmm. me. That is like, it was hard to classify. I went with bad guy because it is a violation. It is an instance of a coach Dropping illicit money to somebody to commit an NCA violation, uh, but yeah, w- what a story, Rick I, Barnes. I would say paint, it's, a, it's, money. it's
1: a bad guy with good intentions.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he didn't know he he didn't know this was wrong. I'll be honest, I didn't know this was a violation, but also it makes total sense as to why this is a violation. Like for example, if say. I don't know a school like uh, I can't think. Let me hold on. Let me give me a second. Taylor, let me think. Uh, let's just say Duke for example. <laughs> let me th- let's just go with Duke. That's the first. That's the first one that came to mind. I don't know. Yeah, um, there was no reason for picking Duke. It just kind of I was thinking of, uh-huh. of schools. We were just talking about Duke, Carolina. I'm just going to say Duke. Like theoretically, a school like Duke. It doesn't have to be Duke, but we'll just again for for purpose of this of this exercise, we'll say Duke. Uh, maybe perhaps they they pay their coach. Just An absurd amount of money, like maybe like nine million dollars a year or something. Let's say 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like or even 10. Yeah, like th- it's a theoretical. We can we can make yeah, the numbers whatever we want it to be, and then the coach could then skim some of that money off the top mm. and give it to one of his assistants, yeah, who could then who could then take the money and drop duffels of cash to land five star recruits. Um, so and if and if like if this and, and if this happened, at like, like. It's maybe not as big of a deal at a public school because you kind of have to report. Oh yeah, it's public wh- record where all the that's money's right. going. Yeah, like you, you get you get the Freedom of Information Act. You could be like, mm. hey, how much are these guys making?
1: Put a request. But in a it. private
0: school, you just kind of funnel the money around. No one can really follow the money. Um, so that, that's probably why it's an insane violation. Because I would, I, could you imagine if coaches were doing that? If that's schools insane. were doing that? that I can't be, believe that. That would be chaos. That's shocking. That'd be chaos. So, um, yeah. So I actually, I think it's a good thing that this is a rule that's been put in place. But uh, it, it's. It's 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 kind of a good look for Rick Barnes though. Do you think he like purposely did all this, like leaked the story, like this 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 kind of feels like a PR move where you're like a celebrity donates money to, to a charity or, or takes that, a kid to prom or whatever.
1: That's what <laughs> I was going to say. It kind of feels like, you know, back in the day, you'd get these coaches, they'd play in these golf tournaments. It, it, it would be like, you know, Frank Martin goes down and he plays in a, in a golf tournament in Orlando for ALS. And there's some pictures of Rick Barnes and, you know, Frank Martin and all these guys and they're fighting this yeah. disease and all this stuff. But now like the, the way to do that and to, to curry favor with people was be like, oh, he really is a good guy. Rick Barnes has really changed the way that he does things. He's going to self-report a violation what what a what a smart right. move what a good man move and that's why it's like hard to say he's even a bad guy because he witnessed something that was happening you know with the, being a bad guy and decided to write it and put it out there to the world I, so that he can get ahead of any story because now if you write something and you're and you're saying Tennessee you know something's going on with the NCAA they're looking into some stuff you're like but Rick Barnes I mean he self-reports violations this is what he's known for yep. look at the
0: track record I knew something was up when the picture accompanying this story was Rick Barnes with an oversized check handing it to his assistant, and they were both looking at the camera smiling. That's when I, I knew. I was like, wait a second. Is this a PR stunt? Hang on just a second. Uh, Where did they get that big check? Something looks fishy with this one. <laughs> wait a second. It's like Happy Gilmore. Um, so, so yeah, that's that's my bad guy of the week, Rick Barnes. Congratulations, Rick. Uh, you you are a bad guy who spun it into a good guy and that's very hard to do in this business.
1: I will say if you had told me in 2010, 2011 range that Rick Barnes would still be, you know, in the lexicon of conversation to be a bad guy in 2018, I would say things had gone really right for Rick Barnes. So, congratulations mm-hmm. to Rick Barnes for uh, for hanging around. My bad guy of the week. Uh, is a name you're probably unfamiliar with unless you watch the uh, college football playoff and and you saw when Ohio State got snubbed for Alabama. His name is Kirby Hocutt, uh, and he is the Texas Tech Athletic Director. And I say this as the bad guy of the week because not only is the Red Raiders men's basketball program number 7 in the nation, uh, they have the men's baseball program, women's tennis, men's track and field, and they all own top 10 rankings. Uh, Texas Tech is the only Division I school in the nation to boast that distinction. And I just had to say this as a segue to talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on with Texas Tech. I know we haven't covered him, but so much. I mean, a little bit we've given him coverage uh, with Chris Beard and whether he can actually grow a beard. We, we still haven't figured that out yet. But Keenan Evans, uh, I think he is yeah. now garnering enough praise. I mean, I know he's on the Wooden Award watch list now um, it, it, with the final 20 players that was listed. He's on the koozie. You know, he's a point guard. He's on the koozie list. Uh Keenan Evans is something else. And I don't know if we, we haven't really locked in and discussed him too much. He's averaging like 19 points a game, four assists a game. Uh, and, and he's got like, he's averaging like 28 over the past four games. He's been on this ridiculous tear. Uh, they have a bunch of young guys on that team that are now moving into the starting lineup. I don't know. Texas tech is a really scary team that I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting about. And, uh, this just segue perfectly for me to say that Kirby Hokut's figuring something out there. It's it's sort of what Texas AM did uh, you know, a few years ago with Johnny Football and uh what Eric Hyman did when he left South Carolina and went to Texas A M. They just got on this little roll with all their athletic programs, and uh it's what Kirby Hokut's doing with Texas Tech, so that's my bad guy of the week.
0: I had no idea he was Texas Tech's athletic director. Yeah. I know the guy's name because you're right. I remember the college football play. Remember the rant uh, you and I went on? We were talking about all the, the names in college football, the the Kirbys and the Jimbos and the <laughs> Dabos. And- <laughs> I love a good Kirby. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah you're, yeah, you're right. Texas Tech is – the thing, and Texas Tech fans are going to be mad at me for saying this, so let me finish my thought before you pause the podcast and yell at me. Um Lubbock, Texas, feels like it's in the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing there. And why would anybody want to go there? And what a shithole that must be, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so <laughs> I can't imagine why I can't imagine why they'd be mad at me for saying mm, that. Much.
1: Yes, can't believe that. Um,
0: but one, I think I've never been to Lubbock, but everything I've I've, I've heard says it's an awesome college town, and it's actually kind of cool. It is a small like there's no major city really within however many hundreds of miles of of Lubbock because it's like it's up in the are we by the Oklahoma panhandle are we where where do you call that in Texas like the is it the Texas panhandle the little point of Texas that like jumps up at the
1: yeah I don't know I guess that's what you call it the
0: western you know what I'm saying I've never been there like there's there's like nothing really up there so like you would never basically like people neutral fans would never ever think that Texas Tech would ever be good at anything because it's just like how mm. could you possibly and for a while there i'll be honest like i thought I, again this is i'm coming back around calm down tate we're gonna get to the good part i going to get to the compliment hang on um like i, I thought of texas tech is like the, that that's why they were hiring bob knight and that's why they were hiring tubby smith that's why they're hiring billy gillespie is because they're trying to just get these like big name guys to kind of generate some sort of buzz because they sure as shit can do it any other way uh but They've sort of figured it out there. You're absolutely right. Like it's become a thing. Like I actually think this has staying power. Chris Beard, I know Chris Beard has had like six different jobs in the last three years. Mm-hmm. So maybe he leaves. But he <laughs> as we've we've recapped before, he's got Texas Tech blood in him and he's been a he's been around Lubbock forever. So, um I think he's gonna stay there, but I think this is like sustainable. I think Texas Tech's gonna be very good. And as for this specific team this year, they have they have the Kimball Walker uh recipe set up with Keenan Evans, I think. Yep. This has like the play great defense and have the one guy who can carry you sort of vibe going. That's not to say that I think Texas Tech is going to win a national title or even go to a final four, but um the pieces are there. Yeah, this is an exciting team. They they have their they have their stretches where they suck ass on offense and that sort of worries me, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm a big fan. I mean, is there, did, did, did I, did I get, did I, did I make a compliment? Did I come back around to the compliment? The compliment is this. It's, it's, it is actually a good college town from everything I'm hearing. And I think this is sustainable. And I think this perception that, that Lubbock is in the middle of nowhere and no one would ever want to go there. I think we're starting to, to tear down those walls and kind of like make something, make it sort of some sort of destination. So there, that, that's the compliment. All right. As you were, Tate
1: highest hoops ranking since 1996, you know, like that's pretty wow. good. Way to go, Chris Beard.
0: That's good. That's not bad. That's not um, bad. So that's it. Good guy, bad guy. Do we have a Kyle guy update? Virginia's rolling. I mean, like, what? Yeah. Kyle guy, I saw he had, tw- <laughs> he had 22 against Louisville last week. They, they, they almost, Virginia almost gave two Tonys to Syracuse at Syracuse. Uh, I think Syracuse had 21 points in the first half and like 23 in the second, which, like, if you can do a double Tony in a game, oh my God. That would be wild. For the, for those who are missing out, I I dubbed the Tony the uh when when Virginia holds a team under twenty points and a half, um so they almost gave Hughes the the, the double Tony, but I don't know, I don't I don't really know what else is going on in Kyle Guy's life. Do you have any like social media bullshit that you want to fill me in on?
1: Uh, no, not really. Just more that cow guys having a great time. They're winning a lot of games. I I know when they beat Duke, they went to Cold Stove Creamery on the way home. Uh, That was the big celebration. (laughs) Cow guy was super excited about that. Uh, It's just very Virginia basketball. You know, there's a a bunch of happy go lucky young kids that are, you know, excited about playing uh, in the collegiate system. And, you know, they're just trying to get back and get their studies handled. So congratulations to cow guy.
0: Do you think Virginia can? Do you think they have a realistic shot at run? I mean, they obviously have a realistic shot. I don't know why I said that. Do you think they are going to run the table in the ACC regular season? No, I going think defeated. here's here's I think at who's Miami, going to trip them up?
1: I think I, I think oh, yeah. when we predicted the uh, the Duke loss at Miami, Duke had already had their big loss, uh, you know, and they they mm. were they were set up to get a win there. And we misjudged it. It's going to be Miami beating Virginia this year. That's going to be their big win to help uh, to jump them back in the national spotlight. And it it makes sense. I mean, going on the road in Florida to go at Florida State, then they have Virginia Tech, and then they go at Miami. Those are three pretty tough games, tough physical teams Mm -hmm. back-to-back-to-back. Uh, I can see them losing to Miami, and, and maybe Miami just goes on a tear and just scores a bunch of points, and you know, and by a bunch of points against Virginia, I mean like 62, and Virginia has a bad shooting day, and and, uh, and they take that loss. But I can see them just going all the way. I mean, what if they did? I, I think people still yeah. wouldn't talk about them in the right light. Everyone still talks about Virginia like it's the 2014, 2015 teams that's going to peak too early and lose right. early in the tournament. So uh, hopefully people will buy in um, soon.
0: So the rest of their schedule, just we fill the listeners in. As you said, at Florida State versus Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech at home, at Miami, Georgia Tech at home, at Pitt, at Louisville, and Notre Dame at home to close out the the regular season. Not a um, bad schedule. What about the? No, that, that's what I'm saying. Like it's totally doable. Uh, uh what, what about the Pitt game? Wouldn't that be something <laughs> if that's Stallings one ACC win? <laughs> if that's at Pitt, Virginia at Pitt. Oh my God! And Stallings like like they win, and he just just runs out on the court. Will, do you think Stallings would pour the Gatorade on himself? Yes. If there's any coach in college basketball who yes. would give himself the Gatorade, absolutely,
1: a hundred percent, and push down like three yeah. of his players to go get the Gatorade cooler for himself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Get out of my way. This is I did this. And then the post-game press conference he's just like, "Yeah, I coached a hell. Of a-. It's just all about him." That would be so fucking awesome. Coach Chong's,
1: uh, Coach Chong's, you hurt two beat reporters on the way to the Gatorade cooler. What do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> uh, I have to say that I have a great swing. I'm a quick-footed player, and I got over there and I got a nice win for us, you know. Pit
0: basketball is back. I'm back. It's <laughs> stall ball time. Let's Dude, do it. Uh they win. They beat Virginia. Virginia's undefeated. Pitt hasn't won an ACC game yet, and they beat Virginia. And the the students don't rush the court. They all just <laughs> they all just like roll their eyes. And they're like they boo. Oh goddamn it! They're like goddamn it. Now they're gonna give Stallings an extension for this. Oh, and you just hear like collective groan <laughs> and the pee like. It'd be great if uh, if
1: Stallings started saying trust the process and acted like they were tanking for a draft pick. That would oh, be the be best. That'd be yeah. great. He just he doesn't comes get up with it. catchphrase. He's like, "Don't we get like the or best ca- player in the ACC that's coming in if we just suck?"
0: He's like, or, or, or he just starts throwing out like, "Be patient. I have a seven-year plan that I'm working on. Just be patient, everybody." And <laughs> Once he just I keeps, get my like, guys, guys in, <laughs> yeah, just give. Let me get my guys. It's like, Kevin, you've been coaching here for six years. And He's like, yeah, yeah, but but like, I inherited the guys. So then I had to get the first recruiting class. Like, weren't really my guys. They were like kind of the leads that we already had from the other guys. And just I just need a little more time, and we'll get this figured out. Um, hey, did you see? Did, and all I, no, did you see at
1: the end of ahead. the Carolina game when they asked Kevin Stallings, "This is legitimate." They asked him about so Cam Johnson, uh, Carolina basketball player, now transferred from Pitt after two years, graduated early. That's the guy that Stallings tried to block to get into Carolina. We, we've we've talked yeah, about yeah. this on the podcast before, obviously. Uh, but they asked Kevin Stallings after the game. Uh, they asked him about Cam and he starts talking about Cameron Davis, who's on Pitt. He's one of their other wings, he, who's funny enough from Kernersville, <laughs> North Carolina. So he starts talking about Cam Davis, and uh, then they follow it up, and they ask him again. They're like, no, 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 about Cam Johnson. Did you have any words with him? And he lies and said he told him good game. And then they ask Cam Johnson. They're like, uh, "Coach Stallings said that he said good game to you after the game." And, and Cam Johnson's like, uh, "No, I, I didn't have. I didn't speak to him after the game. He didn't speak to me."
0: <laughs> I love it. So, oh my god! Good job, god, Kev. What, what would we do without Kevin Stallings? Uh, in all honesty, back to the original point. I think uh, I, I see your at Miami game as the one Virginia might lose. I'm thinking it's going to be at Louisville. I think Louisville is going to be on the bubble. Mm. Um. That's a good one, too. Louisville already is sort of on the bubble. And I think Louisville is like, is, has that circled. They always play Virginia well, it seems like. Um, so I'm calling my shot there. I, I, I see your Miami thing, though. You could talk me into that one. But I'm, I'm thinking Louisville Louisville's, Louisville's but, my pick. But those are but the two anyway, teams. I
1: mean, even Florida State, too, Like those guys are all on the bubble. Or around the bubble, like right. in that same range, like you know, the Lenardi first four in, first four out, whatever it is. Uh, so if they get a big win over Virginia, that really catapults them into the conversation again. So I could see it happening. Uh, should we talk about actual games and actual basketball games that yeah, happen yeah. this let's, weekend? Let's
0: recap some of the games. All the blue bloods are losing, Tate. This is, uh, there are no great teams, is what everyone's saying, which is another way of saying. The teams that we like to see be good aren't as good, and they keep losing. Mm. Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke all lost on the same day, um, and we have we have teams like Purdue and Virginia and Villanova at the top of the red. like what what and Texas Tech and Auburn like what the hell happened What the hell's going on? We can't have that. We need we need the Blue Bloods back. So yeah, let's talk about some of these Blue Bloods that are losing. Um, let's just let's just do Duke. I mean, like people hate <laughs> us because we talk about Duke too much, but. It, we have to talk about Duke. They lose to St. John's. Mm-hmm. Chris Mullen has, is 0-11 in the Big East. Huge win for the Big East Conference. 0-11 uh, in the Big East and beats the second best team in the ACC probably. First of all, I'm going to put you in an awkward position where you have to defend Duke because Duke basically just proved that the ACC is terrible. So <laughs> I'm I'm putting you in a position, Tate, where you have to defend uh, this Duke loss as as not embarrassing because this oh, kind of is embarrassing for you. Yeah. Well,
1: it, well, the problem is so the way that this game was set up, it, it was a rivalry game, right And then those games you can throw everything out in a rivalry game. you know, it's New York the record book yeah yeah, throw it out. It, it's New York's team versus New Jersey's team in Madison Square Garden who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna take home court advantage who's gonna prove that they own the state and uh, in the Mecca. And Chris Mullen and New York's basketball team just just got away with one. They had a great game. Uh, Shamari Ponds, straight out of Brooklyn. I mean, before we even get to the game, just having Gus Johnson call the game and Shamari Ponds takes it to the basket and goes, Brooklyn's finest. You know, just those calls that we get with Mm -hmm. Gus Johnson. It it made the game seem like it mattered so much more than it did because it was basically an exhibition game and St. John's put it all together. Shamari Ponds was amazing. He had like 33-7. and Grayson Allen was terrible. I mean god awful in in the yeah, garden. what the hell? Uh, what's going on with him?
0: What is happening to Grayson Allen Tate? He is he has completely disappeared and not even in the good way, not even in like everyone can point and laugh at him and be like this is so enjoyable that Grayson Allen sucks now. He's like just not even I mean he's going one he went 1 for 7 against St. John's which I guess is bad. That's you can laugh at that I suppose, but it's he's not like I don't I I don't know how to explain it. It it it's it's messing with my emotions because I don't I'm not enjoying his misery as much as I should be, but the man is absolutely terrible this year. What is going to happen
1: when we all come full circle on on these past 3 years of Duke basketball, right? With Grayson after winning the title as freshman year, where we can say and point to the fact that they had the preseason number 1 team last year, a team that was, you know, declared as possibly one of the greatest basketball, you know, college teams put together for, as far as talent, and they lose in the second round of the tournament. And Grayson sort of splits that team up between Kennard and Tatum. And then, okay, we're going to run it back. Grayson's going to come and be the senior leader for all these young guys again. And now we're getting in the same position where... The team is sort of split. You can tell, and Grayson is, you know, trying to be the the front man, the face of the whole brand, the face of the Duke basketball program, do all the little things, mm-hmm. but he's forcing everything, and it's it reminds me a lot of Greg Paulus' his senior year, uh, your boy GP, when he was at Duke, and they had Nolan Smith and all the younger guys, and Nolan was taking his spot simultaneously. It's he, he's trying to like gather the, the momentum and be the guy again, and he's forcing stuff, and mm-hmm. it's uh. I mean, it's not even it's not sad working. to see. It's just it's just I don't know. I I, I just I kinda wanna hear what well, Kay thinks I wish Kay, I wish Kay would bench him just to see what would happen, but he never will. He loves him
0: too much. You know what Kay we well we know what Kay thinks. Kay said after the St. John game that disgusting. We didn't play basketball <laughs> the first thirty two minutes worthy of our program. It was disgusting, really. That was the that was the quote he gave us, Tate. Coach mm-hmm. Kay said, You know it was what disgusting. I really and,
1: hate well, you know what really grinds my gears? When coaches like they go into a, a post game and they say we played disgusting, or, or they played disgusting basketball.
0: Like it has nothing yeah, to he, do he, with him.
1: He, you know, coaching. It, it was never, it nothing to do it was with never coaching. like
0: I got, it was never like I got five first round picks on my team and yeah. I'm coaching against a guy who literally does not want to coach basketball and just wants to be like a famous ex NBA player in New York city and live in New York city and get paid a million dollars. Yes. And of course. they have not, they're, they're and 11. They are an 11 game losing streak and I got out coached and I and and beat and but I'm gonna just go ahead and blame it on my players like you, you can't I don't know this is this is why you and I talk about Duke so much is because of bullshit like this like I I honestly I don't hate Duke at all but you have to call this out you have to call out Coach K doing this because it's not so much that he's doing like if Stallings did this we we laugh and be like awesome that's on brand that's Kevin Stallings we love this but this is not on brand for Coach K he's the leader of men he's the guy who does it the it's right the brotherhood. way brotherhood he's given. He's going he's going into other locker rooms and giving pep talks to other players and like like this guy everybody he touched, he's got the mightiest touch like if if this man touches you on the shoulder you will become a better human being because coach K is just the greatest person on earth and then he pulls bullshit like this where he just like, like listen the, the players weren't playing hard obviously they obviously sucked but I don't know the, the you have guys that didn't even see the court for duke that would be by far the best player at St. John's and that's just not a place where you can pass the blame off on your players. Like maybe do it behind closed doors, take away their, whatever Their take the D take your D off their chest. Um, or whatever, however we phrase it. Uh, but like publicly at a press conference, like you can't come out. Like the, the way you handle that Tate, is you come out and you say, I sucked. We, I screwed this up. I, you know, Chris Mullen coached a hell of a game. They have a great program, etc." And then that's it. And you move on and then you go, Tear a new I, asshole for your that's players what I was saying. In if, practice, I'm, so if
1: I'm if I'm Chris saying. Mullen, I go into that press conference and uh, you know I I see what he says about my team. He get no credit to anything that they did. It, it, it's By the way, it's sort of like the Dylan Brooks thing when they when they lost to Oregon. Right. He didn't say anything great Absolutely. about Dylan Brooks. He just kind of was like, I, I can't believe the kid acted that way. Uh, you know, and then tried to act like he didn't say anything to him. It, it, like Pons, I know I don't, I don't, know he didn't say anything to Pons, but Pons probably just got himself drafted, right? I mean, the way he played against Duvall, he at least got himself in the conversation in a national landscape and had this amazing well, this game. A, and no one... If this happens it, in the NCAA
0: tournament, for sure. If this happens in the NCAA tournament, he's for sure getting drafted. He's getting the Derek Williams bump where you, you, you take it at Duke and you get the, uh, you know... Your draft stock just soars because you you killed Duke in the NCAA tournament. Anyway, let's move on. So we already talked about Oklahoma State, Kansas a little bit. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure what else needs to be added, except like just to kind of maybe briefly touch on the Big Twelve race. Kansas is now tied with Texas Tech at seven and three. Yep. We, are, we we did bring up Texas Tech, what they have going there. Um, just revisit it, Tate, really quickly. Are you worried about the Kansas Big Twelve regular season title streak? In a word, no. No. Yeah, me neither. They still so the reason people are sort of worried is Kansas still has to go to Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and Texas Tech beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. So, I mean, if you're if you're a guy who likes using logic, you would say Texas Tech's probably going to beat Kansas in Lubbock. Uh, they 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 are then going if they're then going to have a, a game advantage, and then uh, it's going to be very hard for Kansas to dig out of that hole. But the Big Twelve has taught us Tate, this year that there's no predicting anything that's going to happen so i don't know i th- i think kansas is going to be fine too but i do too can we interesting can we that'd be that'd be wild if texas tech of all the this is a 14 year streak 13 year streak whatever it is whatever we're calling it and it gets snapped by freaking texas tech of all schools that would be awesome that would be just so perfect
1: It'd be perfect for the people of lubbock who uh, just took a beating earlier uh, on audio abuse by mark titus but now they're back and we're saying good things about him, so hopefully they can figure it out. If we're talking about the Big 12, can we just go ahead and talk about the great Trey Young debate and where we stand? Who? Who's he? <laughs> Never heard of him? Who's Who's he? <laughs> who's this guy, Trey Old? Uh, yeah, Trey uh, Young is, uh, you know, renowned as the National Player of the Year. We, we called him the National Player of the Year not too long ago. We were... All in on Trey Young early in December. We said that you had to watch him. He was must-watch TV. He was leading the country in assists and points per game. He's everywhere. He's hitting threes. He's compared to Steph Curry. And then the media machine called up to Trey Young. They're covering everything he does. They have these trackers during the game giving you his points updates. They got little like fun facts popping up, like it's a VH1 bubble chap from back in the 90s. (laughs) It's it's so much Trey Young content. We're just completely overwhelmed at this point. And I asked you, Mark Titus, do you still love Trey Young?
0: Yes, absolutely. I Trey, I love you. Call me later. We'll talk about this. We can we can we can save your your public image. ESPN is trying to do you dirty. Um ESPN showing the Trey Young stat tracker. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start there. I'm gonna start there, Tate. For those not in the know. ESPN has started a thing where they they show above the score Trey Young's stats in real time as the game is going on for every Oklahoma game. This is their new thing. Um they're beating Trey Young into the ground just in general. I mean every every halftime segment of every game is like, let's give a Trey Young update. How, what is Trey Young up to? As you said, it's bleeding over into other sports. It, it, they're talking about Trey Young so much. It's almost like they're they're watching golf. The the the, the example you gave, where a guy's lining up a putt, and he's like, if he sinks this, it'd be like Trey Young range, uh, <laughs> is, is sort of the point that we've arrived at. I'm going to defend the ESPN uh, little graphic where they show the stats because. I'll be honest. I find myself as before they started doing that. I would find myself watching Oklahoma games and pulling up the the app on my phones, wondering how many points and assists he has. Because I mean, th- it's, it's just an incredible story. I mean, I've I've done the rant before. I've already done the rant about bitching about why why is ESPN talking so much about this generational talent who is doing things that no one in hundred plus years of college basketball has ever done. It doesn't make any sense. It, it makes total sense why they're doing this. I I totally get that it's overkill. Uh, but at the same time, like the graphics fine. I like, I, I don't know. I see, I see it both ways, but it doesn't bother me one bit. I think more people are like upset because this seems to be, I think more people are upset with the implication that ESPN has arrived at this point where this is just what they're going to do every year is latch onto guys like this. Um, because it certainly happened with Ben Simmons. It happened a little bit with Lonzo last year, although partly that was mostly because of his dad just being a loud mouth. But, uh, I think that might be why people are upset is because it's not this specific instance of praising Trey young. It's more like next year. We already know that there's going to be next year. They're going to do it with Zion Williamson or something. And we're just going to keep doing this every year. And that's the annoying part. But if you look at it in a vacuum, I mean, the guy's, the guy's incredible. I don't know how, like he's by far the most entertaining player. He's, he's a soft spoken kid. Like he's, he's not done anything bad to anybody. Um, He turns the, the ball over a little too much, but like, I, I don't understand how people hate him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I'm very much still in on Trey Young. I know that you're not. I know that's where you're going with this <laughs> date. So, uh, go ahead. Go no. say what you want to say, so I can no. so I can chirp back at you.
1: No, I'm I'm not gonna go. I the only reason that I say that I have a problem with Trey Young is what I've already said on this podcast, which is. It has nothing to do with Trey Young. It has to do with us. It has to do with the journalists. It has to do with the media. It has to do with the common fan. And the way that he is not only represented uh, and portrayed to us, but the way that he is covered and discussed, where everything comes back to Trey Young. You cannot watch an Oklahoma basketball game without Trey Young literally getting single shots after every single thing that happens on the floor. And uh, the, the, the thing that's frustrating to me was they were playing this game against West Virginia last night, right? And we got this guy, Kanate, who I adore and love. And I think he is the the, the the menace from Mali. He's got six brothers. I wish all the Kanates were, were on Huggy Bear's team right now. He had this ridiculous block last night. He goes up and does the volleyball swats with two hands, which we've mentioned before on the podcast. He has the game-winning play last night. He strips Trey Young at the end of this game, and it leads to West Virginia winning the game. He goes one-on-one guarding Trey Young and wins the game one-on-one playing defense. Mm -hmm. He is a complete defensive juggernaut. And the entire time, the entire time I'm watching this game, instead of talking about, like, holy hell, Kanate just jumped up and almost killed Kadeem Latin, I'm talking about Trey Young could be the first player to score 32 points with no assist. You know? And and that's just like, the the whole game is like this whole Trey Young narrative. And And I don't think that he wants it to be that way. I'm not saying it's his fault at all. Yeah. I'm just saying the way that it's talked about, it's so annoying because he's just enjoyable to watch play. We don't have to m- analyze every single thing he does. We don't have to re-watch every single shot he takes. We don't have to do a Trey Young shot chart update. We don't have to do a Trey Young, you know, uh, hockey assist right. update. We don't need to do all this. He doesn't want that. You can tell it's affecting him. And even last night in the broadcast, Fran Frischella is like, I can tell Trey. I've known Trey for a few years. He's not having fun right now. I can tell he's not having a good time. He's bearing a lot of weight on his shoulders after the game he looked really stressed out they lost their seventh game of the season they're now 6 and 5 in the big 12 and we're, we're just putting too much on him right now and i don't want him to get bogged down and become lonzo where he has almost no emotions and he doesn't get to have fun because everything is scrutinized so that's my trey young thing right. it's not that i hate him I, I, I hate the system
0: i'm with you i didn't think about it in the terms of he the talk the trey young talk is coming at the expense of other players i don't i, I guess that, that that never really crossed my mind i that Kanate does deserve more love, and, and you're absolutely right. And I that, that makes sense, I guess. Fans, if you're up, if you're frustrated for that reason, um, I get it. I, I got the sense that like fans are just sick of talking about Trey Young, which, I, I that part of it I don't get. Like he's, we should be talking about him. Yes. We should always talk about him. You and I should just every podcast do like a Trey Young update. Like it, he is that good. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Like the guy's, but when you put it in terms of like there are other players doing other things and and every time you talk about Trey Young you're wasting time on him when you could be giving it to other people like i i get that part of it i guess that 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 part didn't cross my mind but you're absolutely right that Kanate deserves his love uh west virginia yeah was winning and at, at some point it would have been nice if they were like hey west virginia actually won this game versus
1: or Trey Young, thirty-two points. Yeah. Or, or how about Javon Carter has shut him <laughs> down in two games? You know, they didn't even talk right, about that. Uh, like Javon Carter has been in college basketball for the past yeah. forty years. Like, can can we get a, something? Can we can talk about him a little bit? It's I just think, crazy.
0: I I just I I, I want to offer some sort of resistance because I don't want to I don't want to join the witch hunt where it's like like ESPN. Everyone hates ESPN, and that's a cool thing to do. And listen, I'll hate it. ESPN fired me. Um, they. They 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 shut down Grantland. Rest in peace. Grantland was the old Big East of websites. People forget. Uh, just the greatest thing that ever existed. Tate. That, that's where journalism <laughs> got its start. It's where journa- a lot of people say journalism died when Grantland died. Uh, so you mean Grantland very, very Rice, right? ESPN. The actual sports writer. Yeah, yeah, right. So listen, I'm I'm just as upset with ESPN. I I'm I'm all for piling on ESPN stuff, but just this idea that like ESPN should not be talking about the most exciting college basketball basketball player, maybe of all time. If you don't want to get that crazy with it, he's certainly doing statistic statistical things that haven't been done ever. So, um, I don't know. That part, but you make a good point. They shouldn't they should still show love to other people. If they can find a way to do both, keep it going. That's what I say. So um wanna to get to some shout outs and wrap this thing up? Let's do it. All right. Um first shout out, most important shout out, uh the Washington Huskies. Who we should have talked about the game, but um, yeah, Washington fans probably upset we didn't talk about the game. They beat Arizona Tate. last second shot, buzzer beater. Uh, they not only did that, they they beat Arizona State. They have now sw- they swept Arizona schools this weekend. Mike Hopkins, former Bayheim protege, he was the the Syracuse coach in waiting, has beaten Arizona, who uh, one of the probably three or four most talented teams in college basketball in terms of just raw talent on the roster. Yep, uh, beat Kansas, who might be a one seed. They beat Kansas in Kansas City. And they beat Arizona State, who was ranked third in the country at one point and might be a three seed in the NIT by the time the season's <laughs> over. But was, was, a three, was number three in the country at one point. So um yeah, shout out to Washington. Washington is back, Washington basketball is back. They beat they they fire Lorenzo Romar. They drag his carcass back to Seattle, and then they beat his ass again <laughs> when he comes back as the assistant coach of of Arizona. Uh did him dirty that way. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Washington. Something exciting going on there. And good for Mike Hodgins. Although I will say, like... He, he outsourced
1: the zone to the West Coast, and now Syracuse looks lost without him there uh, with Beheim running everything. So uh, I think it was big for I, his, I, his whole thing to prove that he was the one, the mastermind behind the zone a little bit lately.
0: I want to quickly say, though, to, to pump the brakes, a lot of schools on your first-year coaches that are doing really, really well and you're very excited about and, like, you see something... Like this is, this is a tale as old as time is the first year coach comes in and he's just different. I mean, it, it, there's like an excitement around the program. It's like, oh, this guy's not like the shitty coach we had last year. I like this guy. This guy's different. And, and you get, like, really excited and you buy in too much and you start doing the thing where IU beats – I know this wasn't the first year, but IU beats uh, Kentucky and they make the wore back shirts for Tom Crean in 2012, which was, like, five years into his reign. But what, the point still stands. <laughs> like, people get so excited about first-year coaches. Yes. And I just, like, be excited, but just, like, kind of also pump the brakes a little bit. Like, Arizona State fans are kind of – let them sh- kind of show you the way where it's like, you know – every now and then the the coach will do cool things but then maybe kind of have your slide and it's not he's not quite the savior you thought he was but uh, having said that Chris Holtman obviously the saver at Ohio State obviously going to to revolutionize the program but all the other all the other first-year coaches I maintain all the other first-year coaches
1: absolutely Uh, can I do a shout out for Bruce Pearl
0: please do (laughs)
1: <laughs> Which is tough to say in these times, but we should say Auburn basketball uh, having a great season. I know a lot of people have been upset that we haven't quite uh, talked about them enough. Uh, I know we we mentioned the the FBI stuff, obviously, but the basketball has been great. Yes. Uh, and Bruce Pearl, I just want to shout out because uh, it's called deflection and it's genius. He said, uh, as I've said from the very beginning... First of all, it's my responsibility. It's on my watch. They lost their eligibility, at least for this portion of their careers. We're talking about Purifoy and Wiley, the two guys that were uh, dismissed from the program, but they're still doing a great job and having a great season. Uh, But I just thought it was awesome that Bruce Pearl would accept all responsibility while also not taking any responsibility, (laughs) uh, which I thought was really well done. So congratulations. That's worth a shout out for me.
0: I take all responsibility and like you see the reporters in the press grams like, Oh shit, is he resi- so so Bruce, are you are you resigning? He's like, What what <laughs> He's like, I got a scrimmage in twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> are I'm you kidding me? This. No. Listen, I'm just yeah, I'm this I, is called I'm taking lip responsibility <laughs> So you can print it in the headline, you dumbass! Yes. Like I'm not actually taking responsibility. for it in the headline and Wait, leave what, what it there. What do you there. think's going on here? <laughs> My God, how dare you suggest I actually take responsibility for this stuff? Yes, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Auburn is, is playing well. I'm sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop with Auburn, and I've been waiting all season. It's not happening. I know. And that, that's I tried to say Auburn that might
1: be a onceie. Yeah, this guy on Twitter has been very upset with me about the the lack of Auburn talking. I thought it was a Charles Barkley burner account, but I don't think it is now. Um, but he was pointing out of all the great. Things they've done this year and how everyone wants to dismiss them because of the FBI investigation. And it was basically just because we thought eventually they would hit the wall, just like Arizona State did. Um, but they haven't, and they're yeah. gonna be worth talking about. So we will we'll keep our eye on Auburn. I promise I will.
0: I have I have a few other shout-outs. So I have I have a trifecta of announcer tropes I want to shout out. It's um number one, it's it's almost time for the bubble is historically weak talk. Mm-hmm. That's the my favorite. That's the stuff we're about to get. We're about to get a thing where where all the all the people are looking at the bubble and they're like, Damn, is this the worst bubble we've ever had? <laughs> it feels like all the teams are like nineteen and, and thirteen. Like this is bad. What is going on? And it's and, and they for some reason everyone has a terrible memory and forgets that this literally happens every year where the teams are on the you know why the teams are on the bubble tate? Because they suck. And they, they suck it. The bubble teams suck every year. Um but we're still it's still going to happen this year. I guarantee it. People are going to talk about how this is the historically weak bubble and any anything could happen. Anybody could get in cuz the bubble is just so bad this year. Uh so I want to shout out to that. I also want to shout out to flu season. Mm. Um I mm. West Virginia West Virginia when they lost their like 4 or 5 or whatever it was, they were on that slide and now now they've kind of bounced back news breaks that that five guys on West Virginia were battling the flu, and maybe that's what was going on. Maybe that's why they sucked. And we can throw those games out, Tate, because it was the flu. It happened last night in the West Virginia-Oklahoma game. They said Trey Young, maybe he had no assist because he had the flu. Maybe that's why he only he, he finished with one assist. Well, he, he didn't was, want to spread the germ. Holly, Holly Rowe was like, I, I I I don't want to speculate, but I'm, it's the flu, and that's why he's not playing <laughs> Nice. She's like, he just doesn't look like himself on the sidelines over there. So, uh, but yeah, the the first time I, I became woke to this move was when Wisconsin did it in twenty fourteen, uh, the first year of their back to back Final Fours that that first Final Four year they went they start sixteen and zero on the season, they then lose at Indiana and this was a big loss because Tom Crean could never beat Wisconsin Wisconsin was his kryptonite and it, it like every Wisconsin Indiana game you knew Wisconsin was going to win and then Wisconsin sixteen and zero and loses at Assembly Hall and everyone's like what the hell's going on how is this happening. And then Wisconsin proceeds to then lose five of the of the six in that stretch, and then we find out they have the flu, and that's what we. Then it it's you know so it doesn't it, it didn't count it didn't actually count. And then I was like, oh, I see what they're doing there. You just you just suck for a little bit and say you have the flu. Yes. Um, Boom. So I wanted to shout that out. And then the third thing is now that the Super Bowl's over, we have the Oscars coming up, Tate, and it's it's almost time for the uh, every time a guy flops, the mm. um, man give 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 that guy an Oscar. He should be nominated for that one, Grayson Allen, for, for for snapping his head back on that layup. Give him an Oscar. Get it, get it, folks, because the Oscars are coming up c- next c- week. Because he's, an yeah. he's an actor, yeah, he's an actor. on that play. Of course. So I just wanted to uh to shout out those tropes. That's all.
1: I wanted to do one you got more. Anything else? Yeah, I got one more shout out. Uh, shout out Clemson basketball. They've had a great uh, little run here. They're now ranked what, like 15 in the nation, and they also made the YouTube yep. TV commercial. I don't know if you've seen this commercial. It's with Draymond Green. He opens it up and he says, "I'm a warrior." Off the court, but I'm also like a warrior and trying to find uh, games to stream mm. uh in, in the internet on the internet and uh he he does this whole little rant. but in the actual streaming thing, it is a it's a play from a Clemson basketball game at Clemson against North Carolina and I just when I saw that the first time, I was like, oh my God, Zion's definitely going to Clemson because this is a nice way for them to plug. We have a national reach with our basketball program but uh Obviously, I was wrong about that, but shout out to Clemson basketball—they're yeah. having a nice little uh, swoon period—and shout out to Brad Bonnet- Brownell for uh, figuring it all out. Um, should we get to closeouts?
0: I have. Well, hold on—I have two more. I have—I have two not to brags. I have two not to brag outs. Please. Uh, one, I—I I saw Sam Alford, Steve's dad, at a cafeteria in Mooresville, Indiana, yesterday. Mm. Uh, for those, for those, for the Hoosiers that are listening, um, I went to Gray Brothers Cafeteria. It's a world famous cafeteria. Tate, think of like basically. Golden Corral, but if it was like family-owned and like handmade foods, it's it's supposed to be like your grandma's cooking, and it's just this local spot that's like legendary. So my mom and I go go there like every, every time I come back to Indiana, I I try to go grab a meal there. And um, a guy walks in with a UCLA polo and a UCLA jacket, and lo and behold, it's Sam Alford. And I go up and talk to him, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" He's like, "Get the hell out of my face! I'm trying to <laughs> eat some chicken and noodles here." <laughs> but it's the year that I bring it up because you and I just can't escape the offers man like we went to we we, saw the whole family at the the UCLA game we saw the whole family I actually brought that up to him I was like hey I saw you at the Cincinnati game like at the press conference we were sitting by each other and he's like Cool, (laughs) cool man. Good story. Uh, And then I and then I sit by UCLA in New Orleans when I was the Marlins man for the day at that event. You know, and I'm I'm by the by the bench. And then now I'm running into him in Mortalsville, Indiana, in the middle of nowhere at the at Gray Brothers Cafeteria. So I want to give a shout out there. And then also, shout out to Greg Oden, my good buddy. Uh, We went. I went to dinner with him on Friday night. I was I was at a bar. You actually called me when I was out to dinner with Oden. And he listens to the podcast, uh, so I'm, I'm going to do the same thing to him that I did to John Diebler in the last pod. Greg, text me about this or else I know you're full of shit and you don't actually listen to the pod. <laughs> but what, Tate, Tate calls me on Friday night when I'm out to dinner with Greg, and uh, gr- the first thing Greg says, I, I, I go, Greg, I got to step away. Tate's calling me. And he goes, ask Tate why Carolina didn't get punished for the fake class thing, because I still don't understand that. So I just wanted, I wanted to do one, do that. Right now, and, and say that Greg <laughs> is ready to throw shade at you. But he also, I said, save it for the pod. So he's going to come on and he's basically, that's, that's, he's going to interview you, Tate. He's, he wants to talk about the UNC scandal that, that you never want to talk about again. But, uh, oh, I'm here. I'm all, I'm all to, ready for that. Please, Greg. I go to the, I go to the bar with Greg and we, we have dinner and everything and we're, we're having some beers and there is a, a life size Connect Four thing. I don't know if you've ever seen these. Yeah, of course. Um,
1: it's, it's, they're awesome.
0: Yeah. Like the, the, the big blow up Connect Four thing. So we start playing Connect Four. We must have played a hundred games. I'm, I I beat Greg a hundred times. Uh, but at one point in the night, like early on when we first started playing, I beat Greg Oden in Connect Four in four moves, Tate, <laughs> in four moves. I literally played four things and I got Connect Four immediately. And he stood there and just like looked like he saw a ghost. And he's like, "What the hell just happened?" And um, so I wanted to shout out Greg. And, and throw him under the bus and say that Greg Oden kind of sucks at Connect Four. Yeah, you have a so, low
1: center of gravity, so you had an advantage. That's it. I got your back, Greg. That's
0: it. That's my that's my shout-outs.
1: Let's do uh, let's do closeouts. we got a couple games to talk about. First off, let's uh, mention the uh, three-on-three announcement. Uh, we have talked about this a little bit on the podcast. We are uh, working – we were like oh, on the committee for the three-on-three three tournament that will be in San Antonio. It's uh, for all the seniors in college basketball. But we just found out, Mark Titus uh, – through the grapevine, that we will actually be analysts and hosts and uh, a part part of the whole broadcast. Wait, what? Wait, what? Yes, down in San Antonio. Your boys. So if you're going to the Final Four, Mark Titus and myself, we will be down there. We will be in San Antonio. We will obviously be doing podcasts for The Ringer, but we will also be hosting the three-on-three tournament. We'll have player interviews, coach interviews, I don't know. They're going to ask us to do a bunch of stuff. We're going to plan out some funny stuff. We're hoping that we can do some bag bag related things uh if if all goes according to plan, but we're super excited for it and uh I know for for me and you being able to go to the Final 4 for the first time together will be uh quite a time.
0: It's going to be great. We should get a Christmas ornament together. We should get like Airbrush t-shirts to say like <laughs> our first Final 4 together. Uh yes. Yeah, Tate and I are hosting it. We're hosting the 3 on 3 tournament. We are going to be broadcasting the 3 on 3 tournament. Tate Frazier and Mark Titus, your boys, are the three on three guys dropped a the bag. They're fans of bag dropping. Mm. They rolled through. They said, We want the two greatest college basketball podcasters in the game today. And th- that's what happened, Tate. So you and I are going to be down there. We're so excited for this. Um, we are going to make an absolute mockery out of this. We are not going to be invited back next year. Nope. And it's going to be a one time thing. We're one and done's. I'm very excited. But uh yeah, the the three on three thing, for those who don't know, look it up. Um, it, it's basically yeah, three on three with all the senior players. We're, we're we're we couldn't be more excited for this. It's going to be awesome. So uh,
1: we've made a lot of promises on this podcast about us doing certain things and going certain places. Yeah. Uh, this is actually happening. This is this is this is actually happening. We have we have signed on. We
0: we cut we we signed our signatures in blood. And this is <laughs> this is one hundred percent happening. That the, we are not getting Memphis on this one. Yes. We will be in Seattle. We will Antonio. not be Memphis. We will be at the Alamo. We will be trying to find the basement of the Alamo with Pee Wee Herman. Um, it is going to be awesome. So, uh, yeah, in the meantime, games to watch, Tate. Xavier's at Butler tonight. Mm. Um, wait, 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 Xavier at Butler? That's an indie tonight? Yes, you should go. And I'm an in in indie. Why am I not going to this game, T- Please Tate, I gotta call gotta go. someone. Yes, go figure it out. <laughs> Get there. I gotta leave. Uh, Xavier at Butler tonight at 6.30, Fox Sports 1. Butler's actually favored in this game, I saw. Uh, so, be an interesting game. Um, Ohio State at Purdue on Wednesday. We, we, we briefly talked about this. Uh, I actually... I, in all honesty, maybe I'm emotionally hedging whatever the words are. I don't I don't really know how to, how to describe that. But uh, I, I really do think Ohio State is going to lose by a lot. And um, I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. I just – I don't know. I, I'm preparing myself for for very bad. Because Purdue is like so jacked. I've seen way too many Purdue fans looking forward to this game. Yep. I was kind of hoping they would look past us and get excited for Michigan State on Saturday. But they're not. Like Purdue is all about like, man, this is the big game. We can clinch the Big Ten. And I just don't see this going well for Ohio State. Um, yeah you're gonna be yeah that, that's Wednesday you got Haas and
1: Harms in that one those are the two guys to watch out for I don't know yeah. if Ohio State can match with those That'd two guys bad. yep
0: Uh, and then the big one Tate Duke at Carolina Thursday at 8 ESPN
1: ESPN what do you have to say in Chapel Hill Go. Uh, we have Seventh Woods coming give me, back. Give me the quick pitch. Seventh Woods is coming back. The Seventh Coming has arrived, and I just want to remind people because a lot of people are talking about this game as if Duke is the, ju- the juggernaut in the series, especially since Roy came back. Here's some stats for you. UNC, three titles, five Final Fours, eight Elite Eights since Roy got back to UNC. Duke in that Ooh. time period, two titles, Ooh. three Final Fours, four Elite Eights in that span. So please stop talking about that. You're completely incorrect. Uh, it's going to be a great game, great rivalry game. Definitely not the third best game of the night. Uh, I'm excited to see Trey Duvall versus Seventh Woods. That'll be fun. I'm excited to see Grace. Now and Allen taking on Joel Berry, two guys that played together on the same AU team down in Florida. Uh, senior year, can't believe those guys have both been there uh, in this rivalry four years. And I would really watch out for Luke May having a Hansborough like game where he puts up 30 and becomes I think uh, local lore of uh, North Carolina basketball. No so bullshit.
0: We'll I, I think Carolina's, Carolina's going to win because Luke May is going to cook that night. He's just going to be cooking all night at the high post. I think Duke's going to go zone. I love I'm, it. I'm, I'm going with that one. I love it. I, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, my, my quick thought is Zion Williamson, uh, just thinking about him and and how he was down to, he had Carolina and Duke in his final schools. Can we please get one recruit? I, I just want to see this once in my life where a recruit says, I want to wait till the, to make my decision until this game is played and whoever wins is where I'm going. Yeah, that'd be how awesome. How awesome would that be?
1: That would be amazing.
0: Like, wouldn't that be the greatest thing in college basketball history if Zion Williamson just said, whoever wins Carolina Duke game on Thursday is where I'm going? Holy shit, that would be insane. People would, would lose weird, their minds so. and it would be great. That, that's uh, what we you, need for fanfare. Please, UCLA is at Arizona after the Carolina Duke game. So that's a, another great rivalry. The West Coast version of Carolina Duke, if you will. Um, UCLA at Arizona. So check that one out too. Uh, anything else, Tate? before you wrap this up? Nope. Please God, let 7th Woods be great. That's all I can hope for. <laughs> all right. Uh, please God, let Kata Bates D up. Um, <laughs> just go absolutely nuts in Arena. And then, take a shit in one of those beautiful bathrooms and not flush it. That's what I'm hoping for on Wednesday. Uh, Have fun, guys. We'll be back Friday talking about all these great games. In the meantime, save the crew.
1: Thanks again to Hotel Tonight. I can't tell you how much I have been loving Hotel Tonight, Titus. Hotel Tonight helps you book amazing deals at great hotels, and even though the name's Hotel Tonight, you can actually book up to a hundred days in advance in top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else they work with cool top rated hotels and don't feature those long endless lists of options you have to scroll through instead they show you a select list of the best deals at the best hotels at any given time so start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels download the hotel tonight app now don't you need this for when you come out here
0: yeah I do I should use the hotel tonight app I was thinking like our top destinations does that include Mooresville Indiana where I <laughs> uh, the home yes. of Grey brothers cafeteria of course think that's a top destination absolutely
1: or? that's where everyone is flying to this winter Get me to Mooresville.